Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters. It's Tuesday, December 3rd already. Can you believe it, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas? Can you believe it's December 3rd already? Well, happy holidays, Leanne. Yeah, sure. man. Sure. Might as well just go right into it. I like I like this sort of uh, how they're all compressed this year. You have Thanksgiving, you have Hanukkah, Christmas. It's all together. That's good. Yeah. And you know what, though? Because Christmas falls on like a Wednesday and New Year's falls on a Wednesday, it's a full like two and a half weeks of vacation. I just looked at my my son's school vacation schedule for the end of the year. I was like, for goodness sakes. And then in <laughs> because in Pasadena, then we have the extra added freakish um, national championship game on the 6th. So all yes. the schools are off on Monday, January 6th, too, oh, because it's that's a it's too hard holiday. to move around town. So it is literally like two and a half weeks. Uh, I don't want to tell him that yet because he's got to get through exams. But anyway, so we are going to discuss Thanksgiving. Julie, we have a rich full show. We have uh, some civility issues we need to discuss, just like back in the day. There's a new study out about men's and women's brains. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone who's ever <laughs> spoken to a man that they are hardwired differently. But um, I was surprised to read the study because they exactly described my husband and your husband, Julie. So stay tuned for that. It's okay. Gonna, science is going to explain a lot of things about our men. Um, Tuesday trends, baby names, and then I have some exciting news about Kindle. So Really, a rich full show, but what we all want to know, Julie, is how was the deep fried turkey? Did you burn the house down? No, success, <laughs> Leanne, success. And I want to thank everybody uh, that went, that posted things at our Facebook page. Um, some of it was very helpful. The pictures of exploding turkeys, I, in, in some ways that was helpful too, because we were, we were really, we were really in, interested in a lot of safety. Okay. And, uh, you know, my husband's in the oil and gas business, so he, ha he has very strong standards for any sort of propane tank use. And uh, so we did have a zone of safety. We did have our fire extinguisher out there. We had the safety gloves. We read the instructions about 18 times and Leon, you would never deep fat fry a turkey if you read the instructions because the first five pages are danger you know yeah. danger 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 <laughs> danger like you know it cautions you not to deep fry when you're intoxicated when you've taken prescription drugs when you've taken over-the-counter drugs it cautions you not to deep fry obviously in a house or in a tent, you know, because obviously somebody <laughs> has tried to oh. cook a turkey in a tent, not in a shed, you know, I just anywhere. So it all went well. And as everyone who's done this many, many times, the beauty part is that you can cook a 16 pound turkey in 53 minutes, Leanne. Wow. Can I say that again? 53 minutes. Wow, you that is fast. Golden, super delicious, super moist. No, it does not taste like Kentucky Fried Chicken, just a beautiful turkey in 53 minutes. So you see, Leanne, that just opens up your Thanksgiving day. You can do, you can do so many more things when you're not like bent over the stove, roasting, basting, looking, roasting, basting. 53 minutes, dunk it in, bring it out. That's it. it well, is. how long does it take to heat up the oil, though? Uh, that takes about an hour. Okay. So that, so, okay. All right. So an hour and fifty-three minutes. It's faster than roasting, Leon. All right. Okay? Uh -huh. And and it's and it's men outside, so that's good. So all was good. All was good. We did have one moment where I saw my life flash in front of me, which is we had this. We were doing this turkey cooking out in our driveway. And our next door neighbors were in their driveway, which is uh, adjacent to our driveway. There's a there's a hedge between the two, and they were playing a little pre-Thanksgiving basketball. Oh! Somebody took a shot, <gasps> and the basketball came flying over the hedge and bounced dangerously close 
to the cooking turkey. So you, I could see it all in front of me, Leanne, the basketball hitting the, hitting the turkey, knocking it over, igniting the hot oil. You know, we would have blown up everything around us, but we managed to avoid that land. So is that, was that in the manual? Do not set up the fryer near neighbor's basketball or touch football game. Yes, that's we're going to have to we're going to have to coordinate with our neighbors next year. Like what time is your basketball game? Because we don't we don't want to be simultaneously cooking. I, I can see that's the thing. But I two thumbs up on it, Leanne. It just it just adds a lot to your Thanksgiving day. It really does. I want to encourage you. I believe that your your menfolk would really get into it. Uh, it's um, it's really enjoyable. Is this an annual thing now for you? Is this decided like, OK, every year, turkey? Fried turkey. I, I think we're doing it, Liam. Okay. I think I think I think the days of roasting a turkey, I think they're over. And now what are you gonna do with the fire though the rest of the year? Is this are you gonna set up a stand out in front of the house? Well, here's the other part, Leanne, because after we roasted the turkey and after we had eaten our dinner and we had taken a walk and uh we were sitting outside, it was a nice kind of coolish night in Dallas. We just, we did some deep fried Oreo cookies oh in, my in, the, in the hot oil because we had all this oil. So we decided we just didn't want to live to waste. So we had some beignet batter and we deep fried Oreo cookies as our final tasty treat of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, that's unexpected. I did not yes. expect you to say that. Well, I know, Liam. I know you're stuck. So you got to get on it. Like, I know you usually are the one, you're the food trendsetter in our family. I mean, you, you know, you take our family to new food heights, Liam. <laughs> you really do. So this is why I know you're going to get into this. This is the other thing. You have all this hot oil. So you can start, you could do, if you have Snicker bars, you could do deep fat fried Snicker bars. As, <laughs> yes, uh, yes as, you could. Yes, you, you could. <laughs> but the Oreos, deep fat fried Oreos sitting outside uh, with the fire, delish. Absolutely delish. All right. Well, I will, maybe next year we'll just come to your house because uh, you've already bought the fryer. So uh, I don't know if we can commit to that because we actually executed a new strategy this oh, yeah, year. Oh, yeah, yeah, so it was, yeah. It was the heavy hors d'oeuvres, simple dinner. Okay. That, that was a change from light hors d'oeuvres, many, many choices for dinner. Heavy, heavy dinner. <laughs> heavy dinner. And it wasn't just so heavy. It was like two stuffings, you know, six squashes, uh, just like side dish after side dish. And, and, and so it made the execution at dinner time very stressful. It's hard enough. It is, you know, the thing about cooking a turkey, it's not like it's hard. It's just big. It's just a big unwieldy main course. So... Not if you have a fryer in the backyard. Apparently not. Apparently not. So, but I have to say, everybody was thrilled with the new strategy. All the party goers really enjoyed it. As our brother Brendan said, when I informed him we were going with heavy hors d'oeuvres, I think I called it a simple dinner, but he interpreted that as a light dinner. I think he was seriously worried he wasn't going to have enough food. (laughs) He's like, so he, he went heavy on the hors d'oeuvres? Yeah, he's like, well, that was just, that was a lot more food than I thought it was going to be. I was like, well, yes, I'm not going to starve people. I just bared it down to one main course, one stuffing option. So people really enjoyed the heavy hors d'oeuvres. We had the pate, Liz bought seafood. Mm-hmm. I made the spinach and artichoke dip, which oh, everybody delicious. enjoys and is just as good the next day. Uh, just a simple cheese platter. And it was just a very relaxed hors d'oeuvre hour. And then it did make putting dinner out much easier. Dinner was enjoyed by all. No one seemed to miss like the seven squashes I didn't mash this year. <laughs> <laughs> or the green beans no one ate but i felt better serving no one no one missed yes. it and then um and then we just had des- and then we had dessert there were no deep fried oreos but because mm. it was hanukkah our sister-in-law laura brought jelly donuts which <laughs> is fried dough really is that is that traditional on that, hanukkah that yeah. is traditional it's not traditional on thanksgiving but it's traditional on hanukkah so we also had some fried dough after dinner in an unusual move so all in all, uh, good food strategy, and um, I got the thumbs up from Liz, Sheila, and Brendan to carry on with this in the future. This looks like the way we're going to go. 
Plus, okay. it's just good to have the pate. Mm, pate. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you posted that um, on our Facebook page and on our web our web page because it's just a great pate. It'll be perfect for Christmas too. And I'm hoping I'll have my wrist. Um, oh in yeah. Full- Full capacity so that I can make um, pate then. Um, I did scatter. But I might just deep fry something uh, for Christmas, Leanne. We're in the spirit. I did scatter some pomegranate seeds on that pate, and that was a big hit. Just a oh. nice little tart crunch. Mm, very good. Oh, Along- fancy. That's what I mean. You take us to new food heights <laughs> all the time, Leanne. But you got to get, I, I, I want you to consider, consider next year's turkey. That's all. We have a whole year. That's the thing. That's the thing. We have a whole year to think about it. We'll do. So I was at the grocery store last week. Well, I was at the grocery store like 12 times last week. (laughs) I can't, I had to just keep going and shopping in, in, you know, small increments because you don't have enough room in your kitchen to do all the shopping really on one day. So anyone really do all the shopping for Thanksgiving on one day? I I don't don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. I, I, there must be people because everybody gets food on the table and it's not it's not necessarily, you know, super elaborate. I mean, a lot of the food, when you think about it for Thanksgiving, it's pretty simple. It's mashed potatoes, it's turkey. So you could, it could be done. I remember having that conversation with mom who would have liked to have like started cooking the turkey on Tuesday. I was like, you know, I think other people in America cook on Thursday. Like they don't start cooking Tuesday, but I was at the grocery store And you've heard me speak out many times about my dissatisfaction about the plastic bag ban that we have in the city of Pasadena. Right. Now, I know it makes me sound environmentally unfriendly, but there are plenty of arguments to be made that, you know, all those, quote, reusable bags require a lot of washing and sterilization and they carry salmonella. And there's kind of an, an argument that it might be a wash in terms of environmentally. That being said, it does mean that our freeways are much cleaner. They're not they're not littered with plastic bags. Okay, you I can understand. You see the that. difference. You can really see yes, the difference. you can already? see the difference, and you will really see the difference January first when all of L.A. County, it is the largest plastic bag ban in the country. Almost a third of the state of California now. Again, very big state plastic bags have been banned. Okay. And uh, so LA County goes into effect in January. So this is a cautionary tale, LA Countyites. Here's the thing about the plastic bag ban. It has just slowed up the grocery line process to a, to, it's just, it's like a slow moving iceberg. And here is why. Right now, you may live in a place where people voluntarily bring bags. And that's super. And you feel good about yourself because you Mm -hmm. bring your three bags. But, you know, the other 90% of the line, they're just using the bags that the grocery store provides. They're using the bags that fit neatly into the grocery store holders. They're using the bags that the baggers are used to bagging. So what you get is a very efficient bagging system. And every once in a while, you show up with your mismatched bags that are folded and shoved in other bags. But that's okay. But when everybody in the line has the mismatched bags, it oh, is, oh. it's like an iceberg. These, the lines yeah. now, particularly for me, I am still doing real shopping. I'm not just buying... Mm-hmm. One chicken and moving on. And so I actually sometimes go shop in other towns just so <laughs> I can get the plastic. Yeah. I need the bags for the dog. I need yes, to, I'm yes. going to have to buy plastic bags. I will have to buy plastic bags for the dog. I always recycled my plastic bags. So I didn't feel bad about, I don't feel bad about using them. I recycle them. So anyway, and the other thing that's happened, not only is the line moved to a crawl, it is like baggers have decided, well, we used to bag everything separately and we used to know how to bag, but now when you give us your own bags, we're just going to put as much stuff as we can in the smallest amount of bags. I don't understand it. I bring a dozen, sometimes two dozen of my own bags and they still- bags? Julie, I have $400 worth of groceries. I mean, you need, and I like the meat separated. I like a little, so, uh- so long story short, it's, I just noticed that baggers seem to have forgotten how to bag. They just shove everything in the same bag, and they never used to do that. Watch for it. So um, so I met the grocery store the other day, and now I've gotten into habit of just saying, hey, I have a lot of bags. Could you please put the meat in a separate bag? 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Seems reasonable, right? And I say it in a nice tone of voice. I was just about to ask, did you have your nice voice I on? was a nice, it's always a nice voice. It's okay. not like I okay. want to tell them what to do, even though they seem to have forgotten what to do. So, but I try to say it very nicely. So uh, last week at the store, had my bag, said that to the, <laughs> said that to the clerk. And then Julie, she started asking about like every item that came down the runway. Here's how the conversation went. She said, oh, uh, do you want the roasted chicken in a bag? Um, Yeah. Uh, uh, Do you want this gallon of milk in a bag? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then she said, and I quote, do you want me to put the food in with the toxins? (laughs) (laughs) What? Only in California would you have a bagger. That that that's a separate category. The toxins, right? It's like, yeah. Please put the food in with the toxins. I have dozens <laughs> of bags, so why don't you just open up those dishwasher pods and scatter them all over the turkey? That and you know while you're at it, just strap that hot chicken to my chest, and I'm gonna carry the gallon of milk out on my head like those Kenyan ladies. I was like, what is going on? Sounds like a little passive aggressiveness to me, Leah. I know. I was like, do I want the food in with the toxins? Again, I have dozens of bags that I have provided. So it's just a fair warning to those of you out there that are advocating for your plastic bag ban. This is what you have to look forward to. You have to look forward to asking questions, you know, answering questions about every single item you buy. Do I want the hot chicken in a bag? Yeah. Yes, I have two dozen bags. <laughs> so anyway. That sounds like a really nice encounter. Le- Leanna, I would say that I just, I feel like we should almost provide equal time to the baggers, um, you know, particularly in areas where they have this, the plastic bag ban. When because you can I have think- a normal conversation with them, they hate it too. They yes. hate it too. No, yep. it's really made their job a nightmare. So, yep. so <laughs> but this one seemed to really uh, bust my chops a little bit. And you know, do you, you know what I really think you should do? You know, like in Costco, you should come with boxes, Leon, cardboard <laughs> boxes, and have them box your food. I think it would go faster. You know, really. You know what? Seriously, Julie, that I may get to that point because the bag and I, you know, but then I, I mean. Again, it just gets heavy when they put everything. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying, be careful what you wish for, people. Yes. <laughs> All right. Good report, Leon. Good report. Well, Leon, we have moved on to Christmas. And um, I would say last night plunged right into the holidays here in Dallas because it was the, there was, it's the annual party that I take my grandchildren to where they get to see Santa. You know, I mean, um, you probably are not aware of this because your kids are older, but now the business of going to see Santa is a highly regulated business. <laughs> I mean, it's highly regulated. Yeah. You, you know, you can't just go to the mall and hope to see Santa and, you know, bring your, get, you know, get your kids dressed up, go to the mall casually and hope to have your kids see Santa and get your picture and get the picture taken. That, that does not happen. There's all you have to, it's online booking, Leon. You book a specific time. Really? Oh yes, Leon. Oh, that's what I mean. Highly regulated. You can't, you can't just show up for Santa. So, so I don't like to do, you know, the mall is too much. I mean, I, I just, it seems it's hard to figure out like when my grandchildren would be free, right? Could, you know, right. so, so there's this little party, there's a Santa there. So this is the one I like to take them to. Because private nice. viewing, private viewing. It's, it's a private <laughs> Santa. It's a private Santa. Okay. So here's the other thing that I know. The party starts at 530. Don't you know, Leon? because we're Dolans, we're there at 520 because yep. the worst thing is like standing in line, you know, because right. you know, who's in line? You have two-year-olds in line. Right. You have like 18-month-year-olds. You, you know, you have newborns. You have, I mean, the kids are so excited. They, it's just impossible for them to stand in line. So we arrived last night for the Christmas party. And I have to say my two grandchildren, Alice and Benjamin, looked absolutely adorable. <laughs> Benjamin in a red sweater, Alice in this little blue velvet dress looked gorgeous. Okay, <laughs> totally ready for their pictures. Very excited to see Santa. We get there. Oh, we are not first in line. I cannot believe this. 520. <laughs> it doesn't even open. The party doesn't even start till 530. We are not first in line. 
ahead of me in line is another grandmother, sort of, sort of like me, a, you know, a youngish grandmother, yes. a daughter, you know, and, and a grandfather, a daughter, and a 12-month-old baby girl. Okay, so they get to go in to see Santa first. Okay, so there, Santa, Mrs. Claus is there. This is a wonderful Santa. He's very nice, and Mrs. Claus is lovely. So the the twelve month old uh, girl maybe she's fourteen months old but you know she's a little young girl she does not no way does she want to get on Santa's lap okay so you know what this is like yeah she that's a not, tough age too twelve yeah, months I mean, is they have enough awareness you can't put it over on them yeah and and you who bl- you can't blame them it's it's kind of a good thing they don't want to go sit on the stranger's lap okay right. fine okay but this grandma is not she's not having any of this she is hell-bent that this child is going to sit on Santa's lap. So the next thing I know, I see Grandma is now sitting on Santa's lap. Okay, that is what's going on. Wow. She is sitting on Santa's lap, and she's trying to coax the 14-month-old, you know, to come and sit next to Grandma on Santa's lap. Now, fortunately, she's a young sort of... You know, she's pretty light. And I'm thinking Santa is being a pretty good sport to let grandma sit on his lap. Or maybe he's enjoying that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's and where Mrs. it gets creepy. Mrs. Yeah. I know. And Mrs. Claus, I don't know. I don't know what she's thinking that this other woman is sitting on Santa's lap. But there we have it. And the child does not want to come. And so, okay, so TikTok. Okay. I, because you, you know, not that I'm counting time, but I am. I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm like... I'm marking time because the line is now getting big. Okay. There are babies. People are crying. Kids are jumping up and down. And this grandma is sitting on Santa's lap, coaxing the child. So finally they get the child on Santa's lap and then grandma gets off. And now they want to have the picture of, you know, their lifetime. And it is another 10 minutes, 10 minutes. They're trying to take the picture. And, you know, he, you know, here's the thing here, here are, here's some, here's some rules. I, I mean, I, I, I was thinking of Dr. PM Forney, you know, our envoy of uh, civility who wrote the book, choosing civility, the 25 rules of considerate conduct. And I'm very grateful to Pat, Patty Simondet. I think that's how she pronounces her Patty, name. Yes. Yes. Patty. <laughs> yes. Who posted on our website that are on our Facebook page that she had just, you know, unearthed her copy of the book. I think everyone should take it out because, you know, here's the thing. Okay. When you go to a party, that is not your personal Santa. You know, right. it was like highly inconsiderate. It seems to me that these people were spending so much time trying, you know, with their with their grandchild trying you know with santa i mean if you if you want that kind of relationship or you want to have that you should hire your own you should get your own santa get your own santa yeah get your own santa okay that's number one that's my first rule okay okay it's not your personal santa you need to respect other people's space and time and be considerate of other people as dr forney would say number two no nanas on Santa. Don't you think, Leanne? <laughs> yeah. I think that's got to be. Just... That's no nanas no. Santa. That's wrong, okay? If you are an adult, do not get in Santa's lap. I don't. There, I think anyone over the age of 12 should not be in Santa's lap. I think there's an age limit. I think it's 12. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, it's somewhere in there. Leanne. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't, you know, depending on the child, but I, I mean, you, you just no Nana's on Santa's lap. Okay. Number three, if the child is afraid of Santa, just fine. Don't, don't make that child. No, don't make, or you have to do, you know, again, what, if you've been to any good shopping mall where they have a good Santa, what you do when the child is afraid of Santa is you back them into yeah. Santa. You take the child and back them right into Santa and have the picture taken. Boom. It's done in a second. Okay. It, you know, the idea that you're going to coax your, this child into some stranger's lap, that is bad. Okay. Right. right. That's bad. Okay. So that is another one. Okay. And then the idea that you're going to get the smiling picture of the child with Santa. Really? Okay, come on. Okay, don't waste other people's time with that. Actually, I think it's kind of cuter, the pictures where the child is absolutely miserable in yeah, Santa's life. It is. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's deviously cuter. I think it's Ellen DeGeneres on her website that has like hundreds of those like horrifying Santa pictures. But those and are, they I, are I, fun. People were like, 
this this grandmother last night, she was just hell bent. And Santa and Mrs. Claus were being very, very patient with her. The rest of the line, not so much. See, that's and, the thing. The rest of the line is two year olds. I know. It's, these are I, like grown ups. This is that's why it's super duper inconsiderate. And those kids have their own anxieties about Santa. Yeah, and, and so again, here's the final thing, that I think it's not a bad idea to go ahead and prep your child, uh, like, what are you going to ask Santa for, so that, you know, because they're, they're, they get a little shy when they, you know, again, TikTok, you want to keep these things moving. <laughs> little pre-production, little pre-production that's, goes that's a long a, way. Just think about what you're going to say to Santa, okay, in a gentle way, okay, you know, they don't have to prepare a giant list, but just what they want want to say you know i mean i think that that might go a long way but i I, if you keep this in mind i think it will add to just the holiday spirit and to because i was about ready i mean if that nana did not get off santa i i was i was going in leanne i was going in i was one step away you know i just just you know you lose your patience around the holidays so uh did santa Santa ask if you wanted food in with your toxins (laughs) So how did Alice and Benjamin do? Did they? they did, well, you know, I mean, they, right. they, uh, they enjoyed it. They had a nice moment. Benjamin um, asked for uh, uh, another fire engine. He's, he's asked for a fire engine every single year. Good. So I guess he thinks it's a good strategy because he keeps getting them and he likes them. So, so that's good. Alice, um, she, you know, she doesn't really want anything in particular for Christmas. Right. Uh, so she asked for a peacock feather, which, uh, I again, I think Santa was a little uh, confused. But if that's what she wants, I think that's fine. So there there you go. So they had a nice moment, and we moved on. And I did not get in Santa's lap, okay? Okay. So you, there you, you've heard it now. Nana's rules for pictures with Santa. Um, you know what I'm going to post on our website, Julie? I, I did take the most magical photo of Brooks and Santa ever. And it was the back it in strategy. Back it in. He was six months old. Mom was with me. It was the middle of the day. There was no line. Outdoor Santa, great lighting. Backed him in. And I got a shot of him just turning his little face and seeing that elf for the first time. And like moments later, (laughs) he started crying. But I got the shot of shots. So I'm going to post that actually on the website so people can see that. With this, when we post the show, I'll scan that and put that up. You made me think of it because it's exactly what we did. It's adorable. And after that, I felt like I didn't even have to get one of the next child. Like I got the shot of shots. (laughs) So So your second son. (laughs) I mean, Colin has a couple, but none compare. Like that's the only one I put out at Christmas time. Is that, it's the way, it doesn't really matter who the kid is. It's just the best shot ever. (laughs) So... Okay, you know, later on in the show, we're going to talk about popular baby names and Tuesday trends. But, Julie, there was an actual study that I thought we should discuss published in the L.A. Times today. And it was about um, the differences between the brains of men and the brains of women. And it was published by the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, who observed behavioral differences between the sexes. Um could so uh, th- this is like a no brainer if you've ever talked to a man or talked to a woman okay <laughs> it's for, i think it's particularly true well you'll see here here's just in a nutshell women did better at tests of attention word and face memory and mm-hmm. cognition mm-hmm. and men did better on spatial processing mm-hmm. motor skills and sensory motor speed Okay. I don't know what. Okay, you'll explain. Well, uh, it okay. means, Julie, the fact that your husband can never remember the names of your friends, even though he's <laughs> met them a hundred times. I know. I know. How about that? How about that? That what's it, that about? It's science, apparently. Like when you know, for twenty years, when he said, "I what's her name again?" I was like, "For God's sakes, I, you've met her a dozen times," and I just thought he didn't care. But it's because. He, he, he isn't he isn't capable of, of remembering word and face memory or he's capable of it but not to the level that you and I are so mm-hmm. the idea basically is that we do divide up along gender roles and you know the things that you think of women better at making connections apparently men work better front to back their brains they have a stronger front to back connectivity and okay. women scientists describe our brains listen to this as 
interhemispheric or <laughs> or left right uh, connectivity. So they're Does not that explains all the swirling going on in my head all the time, Leanne. <laughs> it does. Interhemispheric <laughs> connectivity. Um, so, and it's not that, you know, we can't do spatial relations or uh, we, some of us don't have good motor skills or sensory motor speed. It's just men tend to be stronger. And it's not like men couldn't be good with faces and names. They just probably aren't. So it is, it is kind of dividing things up along gender lines. Like basically if you have to learn a new task, say, Say you decide to take up the scientists use the example of skiing in, mm-hmm. you know, midlife. It's a new task. It's a it's a sport that relies on um, spatial relations and, uh, you know, sensory motor connectivity. Men would tend to be better at that. Uh, but oh, whereas... women just try to find a cute ski instructor to, yeah. <laughs> uh, to relate to yeah, with... or find a good ski outfit or something like that. No. Yeah. Or like we remember the names of the trails and yes. we're going to, okay. you know, we're going to be more interested in what's happening at the lodge and things like that. And we'll remember the name of our ski instructor, whether he or she is cute or not. So uh, that's, that's the deal. But to me, it just was like, this is exactly what my husband is. This is exactly how things divide up in our house along those lines. He, he always, I mean, like he always uh, packs the car. Yes. Right, when you go on trips. Right. Yeah, my husband and, and I, and he, they do a superior job. At yeah. That. Like I would just throw things in the back. Right. And then it would never fit. Or I, or I say, it's never going to all fit. And then they somehow manage to pack the car so they, because they have good spatial relations. That, that's so that's, that's a good thing. So I'm just passing this along because I hope, like, if you're newlyweds and you're wondering as you go to your office Christmas party why your spouse, uh, if he's a man, um, does not, you know, remember the name of your boss or any of your coworkers, try, don't go easy on him when you get, when you get home. And if he wants to pack the car, let him pack the car. I think some of this stuff is a relief. Okay, fine. Pack the car. Like, I don't have any interest in putting up the Christmas lights. And like last Mm -hmm. night I came home. It was nine. It was 830 at night. I had been in a late yoga class. My husband is like in the dark and he's already put the lights up. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, well, I figured out a way I can get all the lights on one switch upstairs. I thought about it on the way home and I had to rewire the lights and everything. I'm like, fantastic. (laughs) Like, I didn't go out there and try to help him, you know, (laughs) wasn't going to be any help. (laughs) I could confirm I enjoyed the colored lights on the bushes and the white lights on the house. That looked fine. But so I I found this to be a huge relief. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it is. I, I mean, there is a seriousness to this, that if you actually acknowledge these differences and value the differences and respect the differences, it goes a long way in relationships, right? Yes. That, you know, rather than, rather than, you know, being frustrated that, uh, that you don't react the same way, you know, just as you said, go, you know, go easy on the husband when he has like no idea. <laughs> uh, what your best friend's name is. Although yeah, it was not, interesting. No. They did this study. First of all, it was a husband and wife team that did the study, uh, Raquel and Ruben Gurr, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, but one of the reasons they were studying this was actually to look at the treatment of diseases like autism and schizophrenia mm-hmm. and how the brain, uh, you know, the gender differences in the brain so that they could figure out differences in the treatment for mm-hmm. those particular diseases. So it is just kind of a subset, like we're having fun with the subset, but this is interesting, interesting study for the treatment of those diseases. And they want to caution that, you know, um, even though this is true, you know, things can, gen- you know, can vary widely by gender. So this yes, is not to say certainly. there isn't a single woman that can do spatial relations or there aren't men that are, you know, also working with interhemispheric galactic connections, but um, just in general. So there you go. Differences between men and women. And what do you think that grocery checker, um, that, so, <laughs> what do you think? How would you how would you describe her brain functioning or his brain functioning? It was a fe- it was a female. Okay, okay. I think I would describe it as having a bad day at work. Okay, <laughs> that's how having a bad day Thanksgiving week. All right, Tuesday trends, Jewel. What do you got? Tuesday trends, Leon. I have two trends that I want to want to get your reaction to because uh, 
both I one I found in uh, well I found in the Wall Street Journal and uh, this this is going to be this is going to be big stuff and but I, I I just want wanted to know if you feel the same the first is headlines in the Wall Street Journal on Friday November fifteenth they said the days are having their day <laughs> that now all of a sudden in high end luxury homes. This is what people want in their bathrooms, that they want bidets, okay, that this is, and some of it, Leanne, is because um, there are so many foreign-born people that are now coming to the U.S., building homes, and this is the, this is the cleansing method that they're used to in their countries. They want this in the bathrooms of homes that they built. So, first of all, I want to get your get your reaction to the idea, do you think bidets are going to catch on in the U.S. Is it is it like soccer that finally um, people are going to really take the plunge? And um... every once in a while on House Hunters, you'll see a house that features a bidet. Yes. And I have to say, most Americans are still confused by how exactly you use that bidet. It does how you mount it. Yeah, you know, the whole is. the whole situation, what the purpose of that thing is, it still seems like kind of a waste of porcelain to me. But I. You know, I understand culturally that's what you're used to. I get it. Kind of makes sense if people coming in building high-end homes are foreigners. That Now, that makes sense to me. But I would not rush out. I don't think it's going to be a make-or-break real estate uh, item, frankly, for Americans. Well, Liam, but let me tell you about the new me. Okay. okay. This, is, this was introduced in 2011. And this is an integrated bidet and toilet made by U.S. Kohler, you know, the the big toilet brand. Okay. So this is a combo. First of all, it comes with a frosted glass side panels. I don't know exactly (laughs) why, but that that is appealing. Okay. And then the toilet has an auto flush that adjusts depending for how long the user sits on the seat. So, okay, right. Okay, so that is that's pretty good. But then let me tell you, it goes on. Of course, the seat is also heated, and it has f- a foot warmer as well. So when you're okay, first of all, you would never get my sons off the toilet. <laughs> oh no, if, they, have... if their toilet had all those features. Okay, how so. the fact that it has Bluetooth delivered music. Oh. It can pay, play through two speakers, okay? And, oh, oh, this is a nice decorating feature. It has illuminated panels, Leanne, and the toilet side can actually turn eight different colors. Wow. So well, you now can I'm program, yeah. you can program your uh, B-Day toilet to, you know, be pink in the morning, blue midday, green, you know, ending up in, you know, moving from one color to another. How about that? Yeah. Okay. It would be and, a new me. I'd tell you that if, if I had one of those. Okay. And it also has a Wi-Fi setting so that you can, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a bit day. You can't, you can't not laugh when you, think, but this is that you, so you can, um, you can flush it uh, like automatically or from use your, I don't know, I guess use your cell phone to flush, to flush the time. I'm imagining when guests come to your house and ask to connect to your Wi-Fi network, that one of the networks that pops up is Julie's Bidet. Julie's Bidet. The new Julie. I I mean, of course, it has all kinds of water temperature controls and and, as well as a dryer with, you know, high (laughs) air pressure. So that way you don't have to use as much toilet paper. Yes. Yes. so that's something to consider. How I, much does I, that retail for? Do you have that number there? Yes, I do. I, Leanne, it's $6,653. <laughs> wow. It's called the new me. So you definitely might want to look into that because I, I think that is, you know, but there are a lot of these that are, you know, there's, these are premier or, you know, premium bidets that you want to get. So, um, so I, I, I think it's, you know, that they all come with, touchscreen buttons and you know that you you know all kinds of automatic air deodorizers and things so <laughs> just okay <laughs> you know I, so. I can i can just think of a lot of other things to do with six grand but i guess some... i don't know we had a bidet in our apartment in uh, moscow yeah and i used to throw my clothes on top of it <laughs> my bathroom i that's i just i just never embraced the bidet i i but 
But this seems like so much, you know, it seems like so much that you could have in your bathroom, you know, yes. so if that's, if that's your thing, uh, that, that's one. So that's one trend that uh, we'll just see. Apparently, bidet sales are up 12% in the U.S. this year. So um, it may be, there may be a bidet coming to a home near you. That's all I can say. Excellent. <laughs> okay, second second trend, Leon. that this, again, this is another European trend. It's for a new kind of diet. And don't we need a diet after Thanksgiving and those fried <laughs> yes. Oreo cookies that I ate, which were super delicious. And this is very popular in Europe. It's called the 5-2 diet, Leon, which suggests that you eat normally five days a week and then on two days a week, you you restrict the amount of calories that you take to somewhere between 500 to 650. Oh, I thought it was going to be you like ate simply five days a week, then pigged out for two. But it's kind of no, the no. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> you wish. Leah. Yeah, I was like, oh, five, two. That's sort of what I do. <laughs> so, okay. This, and again, the, the idea here is it's sort of jolting your body into, um, I, I mean, that's not the scientific term, but it's, you know, it's kind of tricking your metabol- tabul- metabolism into, you know, not getting used to a certain amount of calories. And this is supposed to, you know, add to your longevity. It's supposed to, in many cases, they, you know, say reduce uh, reduce your weight. And, but I don't know, how, how do you feel about that, Leanne? Do you think uh, do you think that this is a diet that you could do or that you would be interested in following? The minute someone says calorie restriction, all I can think about is eating. You know, this is, <laughs> you know, I it's just, it's like something goes off in my, trigger goes off in my brain and all I can think about is my next hundred calories. You know, I just, that kind of, that kind of, you know, precise measurement of calories and stuff, that is not for me. I cannot, I cannot do that. I can understand things like meatless Mondays or right, going, you know, having some juices a couple of lunch a week, but actually like restricting calories two days a week, forget it. That would totally backfire for me. I'd end yeah, up eating I mean, 3,600 calories instead of 600. Now, people admit, and, and the, science, the researchers say people are very grumpy initially when they're on this kind of diet because they do. They feel deprived, um, as you just are, you know, articulated, and, you know, that, that, but they then get into the rhythm of it and that they, you know, they adjust to that rhythm. You know, it's just you, you could do that. You could adjust to it, but... But what you're saying is, like, if someone says you can't have it, you want it. That's yeah. it. Okay. okay. Just not, All right. So I think it's kind of uh, – these, these are two trends that you don't seem to be uh, following, that you're, you're not going to be embracing lately. No. <laughs> All right, Julie, I know you have another grandchild on the way. I don't know if they've decided on a name yet, but I do have the top 10 baby names for boys and girls of 2013. Ooh, so okay. it's All always right. fun to hear these lists. I'm always surprised uh, at some of the names. You think, really, there are that many girls named? So we'll go, we'll start with the girls and we'll go from number 10 up. At number 10, Chloe, then Emily, okay. Zoe, Lily. Ava, Mia, Isabella, Olivia, Emma, and the number one name for girls. Want to guess? Um, Mia? Well, we already have Mia. <laughs> we, already had, we already said Mia? So we said Chloe, Emily, Zoe, Lily, Ava, Mia, Isabella. Oh, what? Oh, no. I, okay. So you did say me. I, yeah. they all, they're all sounding so similar because they're all like A. E or, uh, yeah. Yeah. So all the no- ending in E or A. So yes. this is, yes. So, so the no number one parents. name for girls oh. also ends in an A. It is Sophia. Sophia. Oh, Sophia. Yes. Okay. That's a very popular name. All of those are beautiful names. As yes, far, they I are. Think they're all sort of melodic. Uh, they're, they seem very feminine. Um, they seem relatively easy to spell uh, yes. for, uh, for most people. Uh, yeah, no hard Karens, you know, no hard consonants like Karen or, or Leon or, you know, something tough like that. Right. right. So, uh, but um, that's, well, there you that's... go. And, you know, it's funny. I had a conversation with a woman this week when I was working my shift at Broman's bookstore and um, her daughter's name was Marcia, but of course it's okay. just spelled Marcia. So yes. the, the woman asked me, you know, 
do you wish – well, she asked me how I pronounce my name. She said, is it Leanne or Leanne? I said, it's Leanne uh, for the 9,000th time in my <laughs> life. And she said, do you wish you had a more normal name? And I said, yep. I, there's just – there's no doubt in my mind that – when people say, oh, it's a pretty name, it's that's lovely. Thank you very much. But it's just every single day I have to say it, pronounce it. I'm called by the wrong name. And her daughter said the same thing. Like, I wish my name was just Kate. I go, I wish my name was Kate too. <laughs> so I'm all for pretty names that you can spell and that people yes. can pronounce. I just, I'm an advocate for names like that. Uh, my name but, is fine, but it is something I have to work on with people every single day. So, But I'm surprised with that list, Lynn. I'm surprised it doesn't have more uh, sort of general, gender new, neutral names. Yeah, because, gone are the Madisons. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, Madison, Harper, yeah. Tyler, you know, I don't know. You know, they all are like names where you can't tell if they're boy or girl or, you know, whatever, but there, there's none of those on the list. So that, that's something. Okay. So here are the boys' names. Okay. Uh, okay. And it's almost the opposite. A lot of hard consonants with the boys. Number 10 is Jack. Okay. Very then, popular. I've then, heard that a lot. Then we yeah. have Jacob. Uh-huh. Good. Ethan. Mm-hmm. Jaden. Jaden. Okay. Mason. Yeah. Isn't nope. that because he's a Kardashian? Isn't that a Kardashian name? That's what uh, oh, I really? assume. <laughs> yes, I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, somebody can buzz in on this at any moment, but I believe that okay. is one of the Kardashian kids' names. Mason. Okay, go ahead. All right. Noah. Mm-hmm. Lucas, which is okay. a nice name. Uh, uh, strangely enough, the number three name for boys is Liam. Liam. Oh. I know. Okay. Un- unbelievable. Uh it hasn't helped me at all. People still say Leanne. Um, okay, number two name, Aiden, which had the top spot last year, but is now number two. And the number one name for boys, ja- Jackson. Jackson. Yes. Okay. Jackson, all right. Okay. Which is a nice name. So um, here are a few trends influencing names, Julie, in case you're, you want to pass this along to your daughter-in-law. Um, okay. Here's one I know she'll be interested in. Duck Dynasty appears to be influencing <laughs> A few names. I don't watch that show. Are, they, are those I, names? I don't watch that show either, but the names on the show are Corey, Mia, Phil, Sadie, and Silas, and they all rose in popularity. Okay. All right. Uh, Prince George, of course, you would think there might be a few offshoots of that. So Georgia, Georgina, Giorgio also rose on our baby list. Interestingly, though, George actually fell out of the top 10 on the UK baby list this year. Yeah, if you lived in Great Britain, it would be pretty hard to name your baby George, right? Compete I guess against, so. Right. You know, that, that you can understand that. Okay. I mean, again, because it's the royalty thing, Liam. Yeah. Okay. But Right, but naming your daughter Georgina is kind of a nice twist on that. Um, uh, Kanye West-related names seem to have uh, grown in popularity. Uh, West, as a name, is actually up quite a few spots, oh, as God, is North. Uh, they can't find a single North in the database, but West is actually up as a name. And then apparently HBO's Girls has inspired some baby names. And the names on that show are uh, Shoshana, Marnie, Zosha, and Lena. Or Lena. Lena is how she pronounces it. Um, okay. So there you go. But the one big trend they seem they want to identify, which I think is good in general, is that people appear to be going back to their own family names and are less influenced by celebrity baby names. I think that's a fine trend that we can all get behind, don't you, Liam? Yes, I do. I do. So maybe we're going to have a baby Edna. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Again, they have not asked for my input on names. This yes. is, again, this is something that you learn. It's, it's their baby, and they have, they have decided that they would like to name the baby. So how about that? And it's, they're keeping it kind of a surprise until the baby is born. Uh, we, are, they, we are expecting the thir- our third grandchild um, at the end of December. So I'll keep everybody posted on the name. So, All right. I want to mention one more thing before we take uh, out of here tomorrow. If you are listening to this on Tuesday, December 3rd, well, you're very prompt. Thank you. If you are listening on Wednesday, December 4th, today is the day where my two novels, Helena Pasadena and Elizabeth, the First Wife, are the Kindle Daily Deals of the day. 
Um, it's very exciting, Julie, because um, it's what does a, that mean, Leah? Well, it means exactly? that they're greatly reduced in price on the e version. So if you okay. are one of the many, many, many people who bought a Kindle on Cyber Monday, go ahead and load up uh, Helen of Pasadena for a dollar ninety nine. And Elizabeth, the first wife, for two ninety nine. It's twenty four hours only, December fourth only. Uh, the Kindle Daily deal. If you go to the Amazon site, you can find that. But of course, I'll put links up on the day uh, on December fourth. I will put live links up everywhere. Um, but uh, it's exciting for me, Julie, because it's a chance for my book to get into the hands of a lot of people who have never heard Satellite Sisters, are not related to me. You know, just it. You know, the the Amazon promotion team will send. Send an email into everyone's inbox, and it's a chance for new readers to discover me, which I'm thrilled about. Right, and it's and it's going to be delivered by drone, no doubt. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But that is a wild and crazy story, which I know everybody. You know, it's been in every news outlet. Know. But gotta gotta love the drones. That's big thinking. So, well, that's exciting, and and that will be a good day and yeah. a great. You know, it's a great little holiday gift to to give people. It no is, doubt. or yes, it is. You can buy a gift certificate for it, I believe, on that day. Or if you bought some on a Kindle, you, Kindle, you can preload their Kindle. Uh, or if you have the hardback version and would just love the paperback, there you go. So, or would love the e version, there you go. So anyway, it's very exciting. I just wanted to mention it. If you want to share that information with your friends on social media, fantastic. Um, but I will be basically sitting at home watching my Amazon ranking all day. So <laughs> <laughs> that creates a huge amount of anxiety. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> it's a fun day, no doubt, Liam. All right. And also I want to mention one other thing. I am taping later today uh, an interview with my friend Nancy Burke. And Nancy, um, she does a series of podcasts called Wine at Nine, but she's also done the College Bound Chronicles with me. And she has a new uh, partnership with Parade Magazine. So one of her specialties is sort of, um, she's also a psychologist. So she likes to talk to sort of old TV and movie stars and like child stars and sort of figure out, you know, their deal. And so she, she says she likes to analyze Hollywood. It's a good, it's a good way to uh, position herself. So she just did a whole series series of interviews with the entire cast of The Sound of Music, all the Von Trapp kids, all of them. She talked to every single Von Trapp kid. And so I'm going to talk to Nancy later today about what she found out. You know, there's that new production of The Sound of Music with Carrie Underwood. Um, So in anticipation of that, uh, Nancy went back and talked to all the Von Trapps. They're all still very close. They hang out all the time. Yeah. They have great memories of being on that set. Great memories of Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer. And uh, they've all maintained sort of relatively normal lives. Some are still in the acting profession. Others are software designers and artists and things like that. So I'm going to chat with Nancy about what she learned about the sound of music. So that's going to be later today. I'll probably post that tomorrow. And that's going to be at Satellite Sisters and Chaos Chronicles. Yes. Yeah, I'm just oh, going to put it up everywhere because, you know, who doesn't love the sound of music? I mean, really. <laughs> I, not a single person, Liam. You're right. It's, it's, it's universal. It is. Hey, remember how hot Christopher Plummer was? Yeah. Yes, he was. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, Maybe other people liked Steve McQueen Captain. or Paul Newman, but I liked Captain Von Trapp. Man. Yeah, Captain. <laughs> captain, my Captain. Woohoo! Okay. All right. We are the Satellite Sisters. You can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com or join our Facebook open group. We're at Sat Sister at SatSis on um, on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we, we come at you a couple days a week here on the podcast and iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Thanks for all the thumbs up and the support and the retweeting. We really appreciate it. It makes a big difference. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. Thank you.